Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. It's a mini episode. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm I'm fine. Uh, Okay. Well... Um, I have a hodgepodge of stories for us today, uh, slim pickings, but I made it work, so I'm very proud. The big celebrity breaking news today is that Drake Bell has been charged with attempted endangerment of children. Did you see this story? I did. So this is a TMZ article, but it's everywhere. It's not just some random thing. Drake Bell is in hot water in Ohio where he's being charged with attempted endangering children, but he says he's not guilty. According to court documents, the Drake and Josh star is also facing charges of disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. That's a dick pic probably, right? It has to be some kind of sexual content, right? Yeah. I mean, celebrities... Guy celebrities, you need to stop hitting on women on Instagram who you think are maybe, or I don't know what you're doing, but you need to not do it. That, that seems like that. that that's been, I mean, I feel like. I don't like, want to say women because I have no idea what their intentions are, but they're obviously with these underage girls. Yeah. Whether they know or not, it's like, what are you doing? Like, we've heard this version of this story many times before. Totally. Uh, so, documents say Cleveland police arrested him. Uh, he posted, there's like a mugshot and he's, he kind of looks, um, it's a definitely like a better mugshot. He, he's like wearing a suit. <laughs> like yeah. he, didn't look, he doesn't look like he got arrested in like the middle of the night. He looks good in that mugshot. It's definitely like a mugshot would, that would be on mug shouties. <laughs> <laughs> like hot, hot people Howdy, with mug There's shots. like a mug shouties. <laughs> I don't right. know how to say it, but it's spelled like holidays, but right. with S-H. Uh, it definitely would probably land on there, but he's famous, so it's uh, not something that's going to happen. One of my ex-boyfriends has like the worst mug shots I've ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and, he, and he wasn't a bad looking guy, just couldn't take a mug shot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that should be normal. You should not look good in your mug shot. <laughs> you should be very sad. <laughs> Not should be like it should not be your. I don't want my mugshot to be my best picture. Like I do. You know what? <laughs> I want to look as good as Paris Hilton did in her mugshot. I want to look good in it, but it's like I would like to have other p- photos. Like I don't want it to be my top photo. Like of for well, sure. Yeah, not maybe not the top. No. So yeah, he entered a not gu- guilty plea and posted a bond ordering him to not have contact with his alleged victim. This incident took place uh, in December of 2017. He was in Chicago performing at some club. So he did this over three years ago? Yeah. I don't know any other details, like why it came out now. um, And he just got arrested for this now? Yes. Wow. So I'm assuming perhaps the the victim or the accuser did not uh, say anything? Maybe, maybe until they, now they just came forward. Yeah, they might have just came forward. Maybe I don't know what the statute of limitations is for something like that, but I bet you it's not that long. Right. Just knowing the way the legal system treats women, <laughs> I'm guessing it probably has a short limitation, right? Like, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like I have always had an issue with that. I feel like probably everyone agrees with me because a lot of times they don't come forward when you're a kid, and I know that the limita- statute of limitation is way too low considering most children won't come forward for many years. Right. Um, But anyway, now this story was sent to us, I think, um, maybe on Twitter or email. This is a cheese photo leads to the arrest of a drug dealer in Liverpool. Oh, I know this one. (laughs) So this drug dealer um, in Liverpool, police got evidence they needed to arrest him when he posted a picture of himself holding up a a block of Stilton cheese on some um, social media site. I've never heard of it, but I think it's one of those um, private, like encrypted t- 
type deals. It's called EncroChat. So it's an encrypted message service. His handle is Toffee Force. That sounds good. So he's a food guy. I think so. So unbeknownst to him, the service had been sort of cracked down by police. Uh, His fingerprints and palm prints were analyzed from the photo of him holding the block of cheese, which was from Marker's and Marks and Spencer, which is a British um, retail store. Yeah. So they like, he basically got busted because he had to post his picture of that cheese. And the cops were able to pull his prints from a fucking picture. This is crazy. This, this remi- seems illegal. This yeah. would be illegal here probably, right? I don't know. But th- this is this reminds me of that story we did maybe a month ago or something about the guy in Germany who got busted oh, right. from his DNA or his teeth marks yes. being, being on the sausage. Here's the here's the picture. Like if I go down, this is how I'm going down. I was thinking the same thing. It's like that's me. I'm going to post a picture of food innocently, and, and I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> I'm going to get arrested. Uh, yeah. So he got busted. He um, the headline says that it was the arrest of a big cheese. I think that's just for the pun. I don't know that he was a big drug dealer, but yeah, that's kind of creepy. Uh, I mean, as far as like civil liberties go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this story has been everywhere. I've seen it for a while, but I thought I would just comment on it just to see what Rachel, if she would be interested in doing this. This is about this um, pool in London, the skyscraper pool that's between two buildings and no. it's completely clear. No, I'm against this pool for two reasons. What's that? One, it looks terrifying. And two, the people who live in this housing units aren't allowed access to the pool. Who is it for? Rich people. I heard it's for rich people in the building, but it's not for the people who are there on assisted li- like housing, um, government housing. Okay, maybe I have my facts slightly wrong. but the, I mean, it's worse the way I'm saying it. <laughs> the, the principle remains the same. Right. So that, people who are in this building living there are not allowed to use the pool in their building because they are not paying the full rent. It's like a government-assisted program. I guess in London, a certain amount of housing in each building has to be government-assisted. It's bullshit. Or, no, it's disgusting. Let's take the political aspect out of it, though. Okay. I'm not going in this pool, no. regardless of the s- social implications. <laughs> like, I don't know who this is for, Do except for explain? rich assholes. Do you want to explain what the pool is? It's, um, it is a pool that is between two buildings, high, like from the penthouse. So it's at the top of these buildings. It is crystal clear glass pool. It is suspended. It's suspended between two buildings, and it's just clear. So if you look up, you're looking like like those shark tanks at Disney at SeaWorld, if you've ever seen those in a movie or been to SeaWorld. So it's just, uh, it could break at any time, in my opinion. <laughs> like, you, and also I feel like it's gross. You can see people's, like... From like, the bottom? Yeah, like, I don't want to see anything flopping out of those shorts. <laughs> I... I'm not into anything where it's like a glass bottom and I'm looking down several stories. I don't like it. I, I, I'm not going to walk through a tunnel between two buildings that's glass. No. I don't need it. No. Who's this for? Okay. So here's a story from People Magazine. Um, on Tuesday morning, students at the West Scranton High School in Scranton, Pennsylvania, were dismissed from classes after school officials spotted a bobcat loose in the building, according to ABC affiliate. The bobcat, however, turned out to be a missing house cat that had wandered into the school. So this cat wandered into the school and the whole school was evacuated because they thought it was a bobcat. Now, like animal control showed up to the school. Um, The superintendent said, I don't think anyone could have predicted this, of course. But again, our students and staff did a wonderful job. They took the um, animal to... uh, like a whatever vet or animal shelter and he was chipped. Oh. Now, um they spent two full hours searching for the cat inside the school <laughs> before they found him and realized that he was a harmless but unique looking house cat. Uh it's identical to a bobcat, said the game warden. The colors of the bobcat, bobcat, it had a missing tail. So, everyone was erring on the side of caution. Do we have a picture? Uh I kind of have a picture. I'll get to it in a second. Now, here's the amazing part. They chipped, they went to the uh, animal shelter and read his chip or whatever, how they do that. This cat has been missing for two months. 
So this family found their house cat that had been missing for two months. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I have like a picture, but it's not like super great, but it's a big kind of muscular um, It looks like melon. It looks like a house cat to me, but I guess the bobtail, and because it is kind of a really big cat. Right. uh, I mean, I guess you have to be safe. But yeah, so that's the good news though, is that this family found... They're missing a cat. It's just a large boy. It's a very large boy. Now, several people sent us um, some information about the writer of The Woman in the Window. Okay, look, I've been, <laughs> I have been in the process of reading this article for several weeks now. The New Yorker article? Well, ever since I saw Woman in the Window, I... Like started researching this movie because the movie we talked about is like so wild uh, that I had to figure out like what was going on here. And then I stumbled across this article in the New Yorker, and it was a profile of what's this guy's name? Well, his name is Daniel Mallory. Right. His writing name is AJ Finn. I remember when this story broke, and everyone on Twitter was talking about it for like a day. And I had never heard of this author before, so I didn't really look into it any further. But I do remember people being like, he's a scammer or whatever. Right. Well, this article that you're talking about came out in February of 2019. uh, And he had fabricated numerous aspects of his life and career. He, I'm just going to go over some of the... um, lies that were exposed. So he said that he had earned a doctorate from the University of Oxford. Um, He also said that he had suffered from cancer and had a brain tumor. He lost his mother to cancer. He lost his brother to suicide. And uh, he was also accused of borrowing heavily from the 1995 movie Copycat for his debut novel. Did you see Copycat? I love Copycat. That's such a good movie. I completely had forgotten about it. And I was like, oh, I should rewatch Copycat. People always forget about Copycat. That's with uh, Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver. It's a great movie. It's really good. So uh, he eventually had to admit that his mother had actually survived cancer. The brother that he said had um, killed himself was also still alive. Um, He he attributed his deceptive behavior to having um, bipolar disorder. Um, A psychiatrist interviewed in the New Yorker article noted that one cannot attribute that diagnose to di- that diagnosis delusions amnesia or chronic lying for secondary gain or to get attention so basically saying that's not exactly what you do when you have bipolar disorder right like you just lied and got busted basically so yeah that's pretty that i think the weird thing about stories like this to me is this kind of stuff was just purely because he was trying to create some image about himself it wasn't even necessarily for monetary gain it Do you was, know what I mean? Like it was for his ego. Yes. Yeah. It was like it's like a weird uh, thing. So yeah. Thanks for sending us. I think people sent us the article. I still haven't gotten through the whole article, but it's I've been in the process of reading it. It's like it's a long one, so you definitely have to um, have a space to sit down and read it. And I haven't. I haven't either. I haven't gotten to it, but I uh, just looked into what the scandal was. Now, someone posted this story on Instagram. And I was like, they just posted the headline. And I was like, what the hell uh, is that story? I, lo- I looked up the headline to find it. This, was a, this happened um, in April, so it's a little old, but I had to mention it because it's right up our alley. The headline is, no need to boast, squirrel catches people's attention as he seemingly shows off his nuts and ripped physique. <laughs> Did it's you a, see this story? It's a story about a swole squirrel. Yes, it's a it's a swole squirrel who has like a six pack and huge huge fucking nuts. And by oh, nuts, oh. I mean balls. Like this is not. I'm not talking acorns. That squirrel is gonna fuck your wife. Now, <laughs> every man should be worried if you live in the state of Missouri. Uh, so, an unsuspecting Missouri woman had to do a double take when she spotted a ripped squirrel with a pair of large nuts and not the edible kind. Sarah Lenzenhuber managed to picture the critter, who has also been graced with a six-pack outside of her apartment. How does that squirrel have abs? <laughs> I have no idea, but I feel like, a, you know, I should have abs. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him while walking my dog. I did a double take, and then I doubled over laughing. I wasn't sure if I should post it anywhere, but then my grade school sense of humor got the best of me. 
I mean, come on, Sarah, you got to post this picture. Sarah later shared the image on Facebook where the post quickly attracted more than 4,000 likes and 800 comments. In the picture, the squirrel stands upright next to a tree and poses unashamedly to the camera, (laughs) showing off his physique that people online have dubbed ripped thanks to his apparent six-pack and abs. But viewers couldn't help focusing on something even further south as the squirrel appears to have unusually large testicles. One person commented, his nuts are bigger than his head. (laughs) Another commented, wow, he's got quite the stockpile of nuts for the winter. While one woman joked, his nuts are bigger than my partner's. And the the partner said, hey. Yeah, the partner's like, uh, Michelle, can you delete that? (laughs) One user said, I'll bet he has to be careful climbing trees and jumping from branch to branch. Other viewers called the snap shocking and impressive, while one fan dubbed the squirrel a show-off. Nut-to-squirrel ratio warrants addressing the squirrel as sir indeed, said one person. Uh, Yeah, so there's nothing more than funny comments here. (laughs) I'm intimidated Uh, by this squirrel. Yeah, so go check it out. Maybe we can post it picture on our Instagram stories because it does have some impressive nuts. Can I I see it one more time? I think whenever you see animals' big balls... Because with like neutered animals, you don't really really get to see huge nuts anymore. Uh, so it is kind of nice. And I wonder if that's typical for squirrels. Did I tell you the time when I was in high school and I was tripping balls and uh, it was right before my stepmom had her new kitten neutered? Oh. And I was really like, the, I saw its balls and I fucking freaked out. I mean, I can imagine. Cat balls are alarming. I had a feral cat... That was in my yard for a while. He was like a really big orange tabby with Mm -hmm. a really round face, like a cutie pie. And I didn't see him for a while because he kind of just be at my window looking in (laughs) and I'd bring him food and he'd be gone, but then come back. And then one day I saw him running away and he had like a massive sack, (laughs) like human size balls on the back. And I was just like, oh, I was like, that's not cute. It's like you just never see that anymore because most people get their animals neutered pretty early on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, cat balls, when they're neutered, are very cute. They're just like this little furry, (laughs) furry little pound, pound, like a little mound on the back. Yeah. They're cute. But when they hang low. It was the hanging. Like I actually screamed when I saw that cat. Cause I don't think I had ever seen low hanging balls on a cat. Yeah. I was like, they're just like that for cats too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I also had a few listener emails that I wanted to get to. So this woman wrote in to say she had an experience with Dean Coral and Elmer Wayne Henley Now, her story is that she was 16 in 1973. She was with her best friend, Dottie, staying at a family's beach house on um, Boulevard Peninsula, Texas. Always a fun time at the beach house, which was huge and a relic from days um, days long gone. But much of the swampland, much of the property would have sort of had grazed cattle nearby, Etc. All the kids and teens would sleep in an upstairs room that was wall-to-wall window screens with a few of the beach, a view of the beach right outside. They would sleep in these twin beds arranged next to the windows to allow a breeze to come through. So on this day in August, we heard on the radio that police were digging up bodies on High Island, a short drive from the beach house. Dottie's sisters and I piled in the Grand Prix with our sticky bodies next to each other and drove to High Island in a frenzy of excitement. Something was happening on our little island. I had memories of seeing large caterpillar diggers from our viewpoint and tarps on the sand. We were not allowed to get any closer to the beach where they were digging, but all the onlookers were whispering about what was going going on out there. Were those bodies? What was happening? I vaguely remember something about a serial killer, but it didn't really register what that was or what it meant. The last thing I remember was all of us being scared to death that night that the killer was going to know that we had gone to look at the bodies and come get us. The huge beach house was a perfect place to feed into our they're coming to get us fears. As time went on, I began to wonder if my memories were accurate. Could we really have been looking at a burial site of young boys 
dug by a killer by our little beach house. Maybe I had seen too many crime shows and had extrapolated from them uh, my own experiences. It wasn't until your podcast mentioned Dean Coral and the fact that last podcast had done an episode on the murders that I read the book, The Man with the Candy, and realized that my memories were true. They had been digging up bodies on High Island, and we had witnessed it. According to the book, Truman Capote was there possibly watching it with us. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. She goes into more of the Dean Coral stuff, which I'm not going to get into. But I love that she had this memory <laughs> that she thought was like, ah, is that really true? Because I feel like I've had that too. And then you get confirmation uh, from an outside source that your childhood memory was accurate. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so she watched them digging up the bodies. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that was in, I guess this is kind of near Houston, right? Yeah. She ended this kind of funny, I guess, because this is a time obviously in the 70s, kids are kind of running wild. Uh, and she said the PS running in 1973. Do you know where your children are? I don't think that was from 1973. But I think they had it then. They did. Too. Do you know where your children are? And she's like, well, our parents answered with an emphatic no. <laughs> I think a lot of us have that answer from our parents. I, I think the PSA probably dates back that far. I guess. I feel like we talked about it, but I can't remember uh, when it started. Because I remember it from my childhood. Yeah. I mean, it went on forever. I just don't remember when it started. Right. it was definitely throughout the 80s and maybe into the 90s. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, so that is from Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for writing in. Uh, she sent that a few weeks ago, so I finally got to it. Now, we actually had another... Uh, reader, I'm sorry, listener, write in about a connection she had to a killer we recently talked to. Talked she, to talk I'm sorry, to. talked to, talked about, uh, and that is the son of Sam Killer. Oh, uh, David Berkowitz. Her name is Jasmine. So she says, "Hey, ladies, love the pod and your new after show. I tell all my friends to subscribe, and you're so hilarious on Twitter. Thanks, Jasmine. Thank you. Such such an accurate listener." <laughs> Uh, So on Christmas Eve, 1975, my aunt was with her two friends, Michelle and Michelle, that's very Bronx, in the the co-op city, she gives last names, but I'm going to leave them out, a co-op city, the Bronx, where we're originally from. My aunt and both Michelles, who were teenagers, were just hanging out like you do in the 1970s when a man walked up to them and said something that my aunt didn't really hear. Then she said she heard a blood-curdling scream and took off running. Michelle and the other Michelle were stabbed in the chest. Don't worry, both survived. My aunt said that she ran as fast as she could, but felt terrible that she left her friends behind. Turn, turns out they were the first victims of the son of Sam. When I heard your show on many, your mini show Friday, I was like, I have to tell them. The funniest thing is my aunt was really annoyed that her name isn't listed as one of the victims. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I really feel that. <laughs> anyway, have a great day. Thanks, Jasmine. Wow. I get that too. So the aunt wasn't stabbed. No, her two friends were stabbed, but she was able to run away during the attack, I guess. So they're listed as victims. Even they did survive, but her aunt kind of always has a little FOMO, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, but she, she technically. She's like, technically, I'm a victim just because I ran. Right. She was still attacked. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I get it. I to get me, it. Like, I for get sure. It. Uh, so, yeah, those are my stories and emails. We will take a short break and come back with more other stuff. Okay, cool. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Desi, I know you watched something this week that I have been (laughs) dying to talk to you about. Yes. So for the movie Rex, movie TV Rex, this week I did finally watch uh, 90 Day Fiancé, the Single Life, which is a Discovery Plus exclusive, right? Yes. You can only see it on Discovery Plus. 
Rachel uh, was raving about it. And I finally watched it and have watched, I don't know, because their episodes are weird because they have some recap thing in between. I think I've watched like eight episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like almost through, I have like a few more and then the tell all <laughs> as well. And it is very good. If you've ever thought of watching 90 day fiance, but felt like it was too overwhelming because there are so many seasons and episodes, this is a great place to start because <laughs> you don't have to really know anything. They give you little recaps on each, uh, person who's returning from the previous episodes and it doesn't really matter. Uh, even if you don't know. You know what I mean? Like I felt, I mean, I did know enough because I have watched a bunch, yeah. but I feel like if I hadn't, I still would have been able to enjoy this show. It's kind of standalone, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. It's it's so well produced. Yeah. And like you mentioned, there's cursing because they don't have the restrictions they have on TLC. Right. It's like, a, it's like Discovery Plus app, I It guess. does feel a little racier, and I think it's because everyone can say fuck and shit and pussy and whatever. Yeah. I'm literally binging it where I can't turn it off. Like yeah. I've stayed up till 2 a.m. Uh, watching it. Then I wake up in the morning and I immediately listen to uh, the reality gaze recap of the show. This was my life last week. This is, uh, we've recommended this podcast before. They're hilarious. You should, you should definitely check them out and see if they recap any shows you watch. I think they do like Sister Wives and... Obviously, 90 Day Fiance. I think they do like Summer House. Yeah. So they do a ton of them. They're laugh out loud funny. Like I have laughed several times out loud, which I rarely do. I, mean, I, I They're one of the only comedy podcasts that I subscribe to. I think so, too. I, I don't really listen to comedy podcasts. I don't listen to comedy podcasts either. I can't think. I mean, I'll listen to like true crime podcasts that are have funny people on them. Right. But I don't listen to straight up comedy. And I don't. I don't listen to very many recap shows either, just like Kara, and I like a few other Vanity Fair ones. Like I listen to a Mara one, but like, uh, yeah, they're funny. They're so funny. So I've been listening to them every morning. Sometimes I told Rachel, sometimes I'll fall back asleep while I'm listening because it's really early. And then I'll like dream about being with the guys. (laughs) Like that's part of my dream. Do you know when you fall asleep listening to something or watching something? Yes. And that happens. And then I'll like rewind and then I'll hear it again. And it's like, wait, what? Like it's, it's all like surreal. Cause I'm like, oh, I've already heard this before. Uh, it's funny. So and that's the- been my life for the past few days. So I've obviously not been getting great sleep cause I'm up really late and then up first thing in the morning having half ass sleep while listening to this podcast. It's such a bingeable show. And then obviously like I've, I mean, I've subscribed to reality gaze for years now, yeah. like or whatever for like at least two years. They're one of my favorite podcasts. And I told Desi, like, we have to figure out some kind of crossover episode thing we can do with them at some point. Yes. So that's our, that's our um, putting that out there in the universe. We should uh, do like a, a crimes of 90 Day Fiance and have them on or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah, we'll think about it. Anyway, it's a very good show. I recommend it, even if you don't watch 90 Day Fiance. I think you're going to, it's all, the people are all, wild the yeah. stories are all wild even the tamer stories stories have insane bits to them yeah but then the top three couples or whatever to me are top tier reality tv across the board like if you like reality tv you need to watch this show it's a must see absolutely i think so and and, and discovery plus is a great app like i love it so I you'll be able to watch evil lives here <laughs> It's got it all. It does. And the Food Network too. Like it really, it's a great app. Right. It's so good. Um, other than that, there was the mayor finale, the mayor of Easttown finale. Uh, that was, yeah, we haven't talk, spoken about anything since then. We haven't talked about the mayor of Easttown finale. Like it, it ended. It seems like a month ago. It, <laughs> <laughs> time is uh, not well. I am like have no concept of time. I don't know what I'm going to do this Sunday. We're not going to have it to watch. I've already been thinking about that. Like, what is coming down the pipe? I like that. I like in my head. My life is just so busy. <laughs> I always put aside this time on Sunday night. Like, what am I going to do? It's like I'll do what I always do: lie down on the sofa <laughs> and do nothing. Right. But yeah, I do feel like that has been my only sort of um, timed event other than work-related stuff where I'm like, I need to be here at 7 p.m. 
to watch this show Same. the second it, it hits. Same. Because I'm on Twitter a lot, obviously, and the last thing I need is to see spoilers on this type of show. Like, I can only blame myself if I uh, spoil it when I don't watch it in time. So I don't want to, I don't, but I know myself, I'm going to spoil it because I can't, I have no self-control. Yeah. I'll be on social media and it'll get spoiled. But I, I liked the uh, finale. I thought it was uh, emotionally satisfying, if not surprising uh, twist. Um, but I thought it was great. Everything worked for me. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed watching the show. Uh, I'm sad it's gone, but hopefully, I don't know when succession coming back. I know. I was thinking that's like that. the that's the thing. I feel like we're all waiting for right now. I started watching some old successions. Just oh, really? To get, yeah, because I like I like to fall asleep to stuff. So yeah. I like I've said before, I'll always pick things I've seen before. Right. So I was like, I miss Succession. <laughs> I just started watching. I probably saw it when I was on HBO Max or something. Uh, yeah, I am waiting for that. But it it was fun. It was nice to have a show every week. I feel like we haven't had that in a really long time. I didn't watch like WandaVision. I guess people had that uh, for a while. But yeah, that's pretty much what I watched. I watched The Mare and then I watched Single Life, which is actually um, draining all of my life force and hope for humanity. (laughs) (laughs) There's something dark about it, but very entertaining. I just can't believe people exist in this world. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's very, incredible. it makes me feel very emotionally stable. Yeah, so that's good, right? But did you watch anything else? I watched two movies that really depressed me and bummed me out. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, they were like, well, okay. So the first movie I watched this week was a rewatch. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and it's a good movie. I enjoy the movie, but it's such a depressing movie. Oh. Uh, Hard Candy. Oh, with yeah. El- with Elliot Page yeah. and Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a great movie. It's really well acted. It's just like such a soul crushing movie. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why I like I just hadn't seen it in so long right. that I was like, oh, I want to rewatch this. And it was like good, but I left. You just you feel like absolute shit by the time it's over. Yeah, definitely. And then I watched another movie that made me feel like absolute shit, Ooh. which isn't nearly as good as Hard Candy, but it's been like Amazon has been like begging me to watch this movie for so long. It's so I finally like, fine, I'll fucking watch it. And it was that movie with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. What's it called? Vivarium? Oh, I don't know it. It's like a sci-fi horror movie. It was really fucking depressing. It was wow. like a bummer of a movie. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I was very like, okay, wh- where's this going? Where's this going? It was a fucking bummer. That sucks. But I, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I was entertained watching it. I, I like, mean, sometimes I, I like depressing movies, but it definitely is, uh, it can be the wrong time. It to was watch the wrong them. time. It was the wrong time. Yeah, because sometimes those movies can kind of be like, rejuvenating in a weird way. Like you feel kind of like, oh, wow, I'm feeling things. (laughs) And then I watched this movie last night that was on Netflix with Keanu Reeves and Renee Zellweger called The Whole Truth. Oh, that title is familiar. And it's like a courtroom drama. And it really is. I mean, it's like it pretty much all takes place in this courtroom. And that was like the perfect going to bed movie for me because it was yes. just very I like courtroom dramas sometimes. I do too. It was like a thriller drama. Yeah, I like that kind of movie. And they don't have to be good for me. Like they can be poor quality. Yeah. I'll still enjoy I, I don't it. fucking care. I was entertained. I don't yeah. care. Uh, so th- is that it? Did you listen to any podcast or? I didn't listen to anything that I don't normally listen to during the week. I do need new, I feel like I, I'm like, I need, you new, need podcasts, new podcasts maybe, uh, or I need new, uh, I've seen so many movies, Desi. I've seen so many movies. Yeah. I think I stopped. Uh, I was kind of watching a lot of movies for a while and then I got back onto TV. You kind of get burnt out. And you know what? I've seen so much TV. Yeah. I think that all I can do is go back and forth. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Right. One thing I did that was finally great was I finally figured out, because sometimes I'll unsubscribe to a pod, but it's still in my library. Yeah. And I realized I have to 
manually delete them as right. well. That took me a really long time to figure out. So I manually deleted so many old podcasts that I had just stuck there. And I was like, why is this still here? I unsubscribed. Like I could not figure it or out. Or if it's like a show that was like a limited run. Yes. I mean, I have a lot of limited run shows too. But it's like, I think if you unsubscribe, it should disappear. I'm sorry. Like, why? Yeah, I so agree. So that's exciting news. Wow. <laughs> wow, Desi. And if I unsubscribe, it's mostly, like you said, limited runs. Uh, it wasn't like I'm like, goodbye um, <laughs> in a rude way. Now, I did have a food story that I saved um, for the food section. And that is, and I got to say, I love how respectful Australia is of Vianetta. I feel of all the countries, <laughs> Australia really appreciates Vianetta. They recently had a poll of Australia's favorite nostalgic dessert, and Vianetta topped that poll by a really wide margin, garnering 33% of the vote, winning over Neapolitan ice cream, Sara Lee cheesecake, that that chocolate sauce that you pour over vanilla ice cream and it gets hard. The magic shell. Magic shell, but it's called like Coty's Ice Magic in Australia uh, and some other things I've never heard of. How this, is it nostalgic if they still have Vianetta? I guess it's nostalgic in people's mind. Yeah. Like it's been around a while. Yeah. So uh, yeah, every the demand for Vianetta in Australia has skyrocketed by 50% in the past year alone. Our, All influence. Of our influence. That's our influence. <laughs> The Venn diagram of that 50% and podcast listeners with crime scene is a perfect circle. Uh, but yeah, so nostalgic um, desserts are big in Australia and nothing is bigger than Vianetta. Now, Vianetta also is so popular there. I read an article about all the different ways people in Australia are trying to um, reproduce it at restaurants, like make gourmet versions Holy of it, etc. And a Victorian brewery called Dainton Beer unleashed a Vian IPA, an IPA inspired by the Vianetta cake. Now, they wanted to create a beer that had a fancy ice cream cake sort of uh, flavor to it. Um, and they created this. So wow. this is a beer and people um, have really love it. It's um, popular. Uh, they couldn't believe, people who have had it can't believe how close it is to the real thing. And this uh, beer maker says, it's a little reminder of simpler times. <laughs> okay, Desi. I don't know why that's cute. <laughs> One of our listeners referred us to the Good Humor website to try and find Vianetta. Now, I saw look, that. We, I've, I've already, please, I've already been to the Good Humor website. Months ago, I went to the Good Humor website and typed in my zip code. And you know what? When that person sent that to us, even though I've done it failed times, numerous, numerous failed times, I did it again because I was like, well, maybe they've updated it. I just did it right now. I just did it right now to see. And the closest place that we can get Vianetta is Bakersfield. Really? The next closest place is Tehachapi. Where the fuck is that? We've talked about Tehachapi a lot. Tehachapi State Prison. Oh, <laughs> is it at the prison? <laughs> well, it's where a lot of the women from the those all those 1930s and 1920s oh. crimes, they always ended up going to Tehachapi. So... There's Vianetta at the Food Max in Bakersfield, three different Food Maxes in Bakersfield, and then there's Vianetta at the Save Mart in Tehachapi. No Vianetta in Los Angeles anywhere. This right. is fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. This is fucking bullshit. We live in a major city. I don't understand why we can't get Vianetta here. We are Vianetta influencers. And we have to drive to Bakersfield now. <laughs> There's not even like a casino there that I can go to, is there? I mean, what am I going to do there? Well, I'm going to have to travel north over the summer. I'm going to have to make a pit stop. But that's not going to You're going to have you. to take me with you. I'm not you're not eating it without me. <laughs> can you imagine me in my car eating a <laughs> cuz I'm going to have no choice but to eat it in one sitting while I'm driving? <laughs> Look, it could happen. I'm devastated. You'll get that at the $50 Patreon level of video of me <laughs> driving to San Francisco eating a Vianetta. That is so vulgar. It is absolutely vulgar is, and something I would do. Well, if I, if, to be honest, <laughs> if, I, if I was driving down Highway 5 
and I looked over whatever to my left or my right <laughs> and I saw somebody with a Vianetta on their lap, an entire loaf on their lap. Like on the steering wheel. Eating, <laughs> eating it with a little plastic fork. I would fucking, I would have a stroke. That would be the highlight of my life easily. Yeah. <laughs> easily. Yeah. No, I would get it. Because if that's the only option, what am I to do? And I might not finish it, but it is very small. I, I would finish it. <laughs> this is a plea again. I don't know what I have to do. We need to call Good Humor. We need to tell them how much we've hyped this dessert. We've definitely hyped it a lot. We need to start s- screenshotting all the times. Because we have people, we have listeners all over the country. Should we start a campaign? To have everyone write to good humor. <laughs> I think we should. We, I mean, I will at reply them on Twitter. I'll, I'll do anything. I think we should at reply. I don't want to be mean to them. I want them to give I, us Vietnetta. I'm not going to be mean to no. them. I just think it's an outrage. Absolutely. That we don't have it in Los Angeles yet. It seems crazy because we have a lot of listeners in Los Angeles that I know would like to have this Vianetta cake. Right. Uh, it has been a lifelong dream of ours to I'm, have it again. And I'm I, while I'm very happy for our listeners in other states who have found Vianetta, every time someone sends us a picture of themselves eating Vianetta, I get really jealous. I know. I mean, I think their hearts are in the right place, but, I, but it, it does feel like taunting at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like when you send us a picture that's like, look at this case full of Vianetta in Toledo, Ohio. It's not that satisfying for us. <laughs> I'm, it makes me. I'm happy that you get to have it, but it's not exciting news for me personally. Because <laughs> it just it highlights the lack of Vianetta in Los Angeles. I just don't understand. They have other good humor products here. It's not like a regional uh, dessert, and we know someone who has bought it in the Bay Area. Right. Our Bakersfield has it apparently. Fr- friend of the pod, Chris Tognati, has bought Vianetta in Berkeley. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. It's very frustrating because I felt like for sure we would be eating it first thing. Like we would be the ones who got it first. And I think I didn't go buy it the minute it sort of was re-released thinking, oh, it's here. I don't have to like rush out. It'll be there. It's never been here. And it's never been there. So I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what we have to do. It's really weird, and I think we've done enough. <laughs> I, I I want like them. Look, I've never asked for freebies in my life, but I would love a refrigerated case of <laughs> to show up on our door. I would with too. like the note to us. Like I've seen other friends I know who are like influencer types get packages. We've never gotten like a package. No, and you know what? We've never asked for anything from companies. I think this is the year, this is the summer of us asking for shit from these big food corporations. I would like food, free food. I would too. That's all I want. I'm simple. (laughs) No, it's crazy. We we have done a lot for uh, the fast food and the junk food industrial complex. Yes. We are Vianetta influencers and this is insane. Right. I want it. So we'll have to figure that out. Right. Um, someone I saw on Twitter posted uh, they're upset. They were upset because they went home. I guess after, after having not been home for a year or a year plus to the East Coast, and they said that they went to a mall and excitedly went to try Zbarros. <laughs> Wait, Zbarros. 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 Did you say it with a Z? Zbarros. It's Sparrows. What? How do you pronounce it? Sparrows. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> at first I thought you were talking about Zabars again. No, 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 no. Sparrows, the pizza place. Why did they name it that? Dude, who the fuck knows? I've never heard that word. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you have that? Of course. Okay, it's like, but it's like a, I think it's like, it was in the East Coast. It was very popular. And I guess it sort of became a mall chain at some point. They have one at Morongo Resort and Casino. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, the big one that I remember, and obviously it was a food court, there was, a, there was one across from Madison Square Garden, Penn Station. There was a huge Zabaros, and that was probably the one I went to the most because you get off the train <laughs> and it's right there. It's not like the best pizza, but it was like fine for you, like a chain pizza. You know what it is? It's good for what it is. It's not a New York slice. No. And it is not... A gourmet or good, in quotes, pizza by any measure. 
but it is in terms of like a mall food court pizza. You're enjoying it. Be honest. You're fucking enjoying it. It had a f- certain, like, obviously I'm in New York City. There's tons of great pizza I can eat. But there was something in particular I liked. There was this one I liked that had, like, the chopped bell peppers and the little um, sausage that looks like rat pellets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, a flavor, though, where peppers on pizza is really good to me. I like that flavor. And they had, like, a mixed something and it had all of those things on it that was really good and it has that thick crust i like this person who's like it was the only place that had authentic tuscan cuisine i don't know about that no Uh, (laughs) but people have been um they've been concerned that the quality has gone down no Uh, i haven't had zabarro's since i was a child i don't remember ever having it as an adult no me either uh it was definitely a kid thing i used to go to school in new york city so that's probably when i got it um so there is, they did change the recipe though. They did. They switched something because I think it did used to be more fresh. Like it was sort of their thing when they first started that it was like never frozen fresh pizza. So even though it was not the best pizza, pizza. it was fresh. Right. So I think what happened is they changed it to frozen and it's a big topic of conversation on Reddit. I would read a whole book of companies changing recipes because they never, a lot of times, like other than like new Coke, they re- very rarely say anything. And then they, you just eat the food and you're like, something's wrong. <laughs> and that's what's weird. I think that's the funny thing with fast food and junk food. It's uh, the consistency is part of the package. Yeah. So when they change that, it's very disconcerting. Yeah. Because part of the key, the key is you can go to any McDonald's or Sbarro's and it tastes exactly like the one from home or whatever. So when they fuck with that, I think it really upsets people. Yeah. So yeah, there is there's like whole Reddit boards on this Zwaro's, uh fiasco of whatever menu thing they changed. So people are trying to investigate it. I want to check out more. I just saw it because my friend was upset and someone was like, they have changed something. <laughs> That's like my exact kind of like uh, interaction on Twitter. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it had that kind of cheese on it that was like wallpaper glue. Like it was thick. It was like a thick ass cheese. I think they also had other food too, right? They like, had like they a had lasagna salad and pasta, some like pasta dishes or something. Yeah, and they would. I, you know what I liked there was like the breadsticks or the garlic knots. Ooh, yeah, whatever. garlic knots. That shit was real doughy. It was definitely more of a deep dish style too. It was a thick crust. Yeah, for sure. It was not like an authentic. Look, it was, whoever said it was authentic Tuscan style <laughs> food is deranged. It's Sparrows. <laughs> It's that's what you get. It's it's fucking Sparrows. Just the idea that someone thought Sparrows is like Tuscan food is so funny to me. Specifically, I'm angry. This is one of the only places you could get authentic style Tuscan cuisine. Like what a complaint. That's not even like a gourmet version of that. I don't think that's Tuscan. I have no idea. Like I don't even know what that person's thinking. But I love the passion. I do too. <laughs> um, another sort of food item that's being brought brought back and I don't know this restaurant and Nathan's famous um they're famous for their hot dogs no I've heard of them do they they have Nathan's uh restaurants in New York anyway I don't know if they have them here do they is Nathan's not big here I've never been okay Nathan's is a huge hot dog company in New York you've all heard of it probably (laughs) they are bringing back Arthur Treacher's fish and chips restaurant across the country have you heard of this no so yeah, supposedly there is a restaurant called Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chip. And it's owned by Nathan's. Yeah, or Nathan's is bringing it back. I don't know if it was owned. Uh, they, are, they at one point had 800 locations across the United States, and they're being relaunched soon. Now, they serve, it looks kind of like um, a Long John Silver's type deal. They have fish and chips, shrimp and chips, boom, boom, shrimp. And shrimp is going to be their uh, priority when they come back. Fried like shrimp, shrimp. Type, fried shrimp type dishes. That's why I was like, ooh, I hope they're opening up one here. But like Vianetta, no. I doubt it. <laughs> it's probably going to be in uh, Ohio somewhere where we're never going to be for a long time. Uh, so yeah, I thought that looked good. I like, I like uh, fish and chips too, but I love fried shrimp. I love fish and chips. I think this might be founded... Oh, it's founded in Columbus, Ohio in 1969. So it was around for a while, and the original restaurant was opened by Dave Thomas of Wendy's. So it has a fast food pedigree. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I just said that seriously, like not even as a joke. (laughs) 
You know what I mean, though? I do know what you mean. <laughs> it looks good. Look at this. Let me see. That's Ooh. like a seafood basket. I love when you get like a tackle box. Oh, yeah. It's like some shrimp, some hush puppies. <laughs> some hush French puppies. Fries. Oh, mm. man. Those are Those good. are real fucking good. I like the sauces. It's got a little coleslaw. This sounds good. I'm excited. I'm well, trying it. Look, don't get your hopes up, Desi. We're not getting fried shrimp yet. <laughs> We're going to have to go on a tour finally to get some of this food. I cannot wait. I can't wait till we go on our world tour because I have so many look we're going to be doing a lot of this by food locations and we will pick based on like how many listeners we have in each you know like well listener yeah the audience will be key the audience will be the number one priority like we will be going to the UK and we will be going to Australia but we're also going to tailor some of that to food I'm kind of excited because so many people have offered to take us out to dinner. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure, stranger. We host a murder pod. <laughs> no danger in that. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure that all of our listeners are super nice. But yeah, I, someone I know is going like across the country and like doing a road trip across the country and then back at some point and they're going to train. No, they're going to drive like in a, uh, they're getting like a camp, like a VW camper or like a Winnebago or like whatever. Yeah. And when I was looking at her route, she's like, tell me if you have suggestions this route. And then on our way back, we're going like the lower half of the country. Right. And I was like, that sounds so fucking fun. Like, I would love to do that. Yeah, me too. Like just stop in every state and get the best food mm. all over. Because mm. every state's got something I want. Uh, uh, me too. Absolutely. So yeah, maybe we'll plan it finally once things uh, start. I'm not driving. No, but maybe we could get Brendan to drive. <laughs> <laughs> like we just volunteer. <laughs> we'll get him the David Lee Roth outfit. Yes. Tour guide. Yes. <laughs> Oh my no, God. it's a travel special. We can sell it to the Travel Channel. He can get the David Lee Roth tour guide California <sighs> girls outfit. Yeah. We could get the um, thing. We can then, rent a car and he can drive us. Yeah, it'll be cute. Because I don't like driving. I mean, but, yeah. But he has to wear the outfit. Or at least the hat. The hat. He's got to have the <laughs> little hat. It might be hot for a suit. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put him in some boy shorts. Oh my god, he would wear them too. Oh yeah, he'd look good. He'd look cute. Um, yeah. So we should start planning our road trip. We really should. We're vaccinated. Just for like, um, even if it gets us excited, thinking about let's go here. So we have something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, I want to go to Chicago because there's lots of food I want to eat there that yeah. I've never had, and yeah. you guys can finally prove to me certain foods that I've mocked. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to the best place. Okay. I'll eat it. Oh, I'll try almost anything. Me too. So uh, within reason. I'm not like a weird food eater. Right. I'm not either. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. So that's all I got. Yeah, we should start planning this. That's a great idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.